0: Hi there, just popping in at the top to warn you that this podcast episode may include some language that's inappropriate for young ears, and as always, there will be spoilers ahead. Now enjoy the show.
1: Hey there, welcome to Tear Jerkers, the podcast where we rate movies on a scale of how much they make us sob. Because sometimes you just need a good cry, and we're here to tell you where to find it. I'm actor, writer, and robot unenthusiast, Mabel Shimizu. And I'm very confused. My name is Kemia. What are you confused about? I'm confused. Okay. What do they have genders? No. And okay. And also, how do they have feelings? They're not programmed to learn.
0: <laughs> okay. We'll get into those world building <laughs> okay. questions later. Today, we'll discuss colonizing space. Going feral over vegetation, robot
1: love, and making the government and corporations kiss until, until they, they become, become one, one in holy matrimony. It's Wally, and then we'll finish with What Made Me Cry This Week. But before that, let's talk about our personal histories with Wally. KeeMia? I watched it for the first time this week. I have wanted to watch this movie for a long time, especially when we started Tearjerkers, and I was really, really excited to cover it, and I'm really excited to talk about it with you. Awesome! Have you seen it before?
0: Yes, I saw it when it came out back in 2008, and I know I've seen it a bunch of times since then. My family owned a DVD copy of it, so I can't give a lot of specifics, but it's been in my life for quite a while. Gotcha, okay. Okay, do you want to read this synopsis, or should I? I got it. 700 years after humanity has left the barren earth for axiom a paradise on a spaceship wally is the last remaining robot left behind to clean up the mess his contained little world is shaken when he meets eve a robot sent to earth to search for signs of plant life he follows eve back to axiom where wally meets the captain and they discover that humanity's eventual plan to return to the earth was a lie The captain, Wally, and Eve must work together to fight for control over the evil autopilot machine and bring the human race back home to Earth. So that's the
1: movie we're gonna be covering this week. I'm so excited. Me too. Okay, let's go to our ad break. Okay. This episode of Tear Jerkers is brought to you by cute little robots with human qualities. (laughs) I bought a Roomba. I have been wanting a Roomba for years, and I would, like, joke with my sister, like, if anybody says, I want to propose to Kemia, tell that person that I do want an engagement ring, but also I want a Roomba. An engagement Roomba? Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs)
0: Like...
1: Okay, are you imagining the Roomba carrying the ring box?
0: Yes, but I'm also imagining like a photo shoot that's like you, your partner, and you holding the Roomba like a baby. (laughs) And then a sign on the Roomba that says, I said yes.
1: I kept, like, I would see them at Costco, and they were, like, $700, and I was, like, Um, I can't spend $700 on a robot vacuum. But then I found out that the ones they sell at Costco are, like, the higher-end models, and you can get them for, like, $200. Oh. Much more affordable. Yeah. Especially for something I've wanted for so many years, and I hate vacuuming so much. So I finally bought one. I no longer need an engagement Roomba. Um, because I have one. Oh. And I have not even gotten to start it up yet because I haven't had the time and I had to like let it charge and stuff. So I'm totally excited fair. to turn it on tomorrow and yeah. watch it like go around the house. And I need to buy a lot of googly eyes and like accessories, maybe like a <laughs> feather boa. Like, I'm really excited.
0: Yes, I do love the current trend of people just turning their Roombas into like another member of the household or
1: like a pet Mm -hmm. it's just very human of us yeah like drop a cheeto for the Roomba he's hungry
0: yeah oh you're hungry here you go yeah
1: you have to make sure you feed your Roomba (laughs) it's like like people will really anthropomorphize like anything that they can yeah like the the Mars rover they made it sing happy birthday to itself.
0: Oh gosh, I'm pretty sure when I heard about that it made me cry. Yeah. It's so cute. It's cute. Oh, yeah. I think I've read like half a dozen web comics that just talk about the loneliness of space from the perspective of a Mars rover. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. why did you, why did you do this to me? Why did you cast this spell on me? So now I'm like weeping because I think that a robot that is on the surface of Mars is lonely on its birthday. Like. Yeah. It's
1: beautiful, but also why did, why did you personally victimize me to do that? (laughs) Please stop hurting Maybell. If you want to make a comic about a Mars Rover, don't, just don't let Maybell see it. Yeah. I'm just,
0: I love cute little robots with human qualities. Thank you for sponsoring us. <laughs> Let's get back to the show. Alrighty, so should I start by giving the state of the contacts address? <laughs> I feel like it's very relevant to my crying process, like what my contact lenses are doing to me. Maybe I'll tell us about your eyeballs when you are watching this movie. <laughs> So um, I I made sure to take out my contacts, but I wore makeup that day when I watched the movie, Mm -hmm. and my makeup remover is really bad. So I think I ended up getting, like, yellow eyeliner into one of my eyes, and my eye was not loving it. Like not loving it and it made me really question why I even wore makeup to begin with but um it took me a little bit of time to actually get everything set up to start the movie so by the time I finished setting it all up my eye kind of calmed down a bit but okay yeah yeah how were you when you were starting the movie
1: I was really looking forward to watching it I was like tired actually sitting down to watch it and like I have to watch this movie so we can talk about it um but it's been a long time coming. Yeah? And did you like it?
0: I did not like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I could guess that from your
1: confusion. I didn't like it, you guys. I like I'm it. I'm, like, a little annoyed. I thought it was going to be so good, and then it really just didn't get me anywhere. Yeah? Yeah. What was it for you? I don't know. It was just... I I couldn't suspend disbelief again. I see. I'm um, wondering... If that says something about me. hmm um, What does that mean? Um, and I I think my favorite part was when Eve was exploring the earth and destroying things. And I thought, <laughs> oh, she's hot and destructive. And that was, like, the <laughs> highlight of the movie for me. <laughs> and that's, that's, like, it. Yeah. So,
0: do you like it? I actually really like Wally. I think it's a very cute movie.
1: I yeah, I'm I I'm not gonna like argue for my opinion because I think I'm wrong. But... <laughs> wow. <laughs> um Yes. I'm glad that you liked it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's definitely not one of the movies in like Pixar's Opus that I would say is the must watch, most like heavy hitting artistic film. It's not like I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure which film I would choose for that category. Um, but but yeah, I I kinda think of it as like a fun and cute movie
1: that you don't want to think too hard about. Gotcha. I think it's very thought provoking then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. For for a movie you're not supposed to think too much about. It, it has a lot of like dismal future thinking yeah
0: the implications and, and they have a lot of
1: questions about their society mm-hmm. like if the government and the corporation got married and became one how does the corporation make money like no one in that society is working all the work is done by the robots like what is the goal is it just like keep everybody complacent until humanity dies out Yeah, I don't know what the, like, forward-moving goal would be after
0: they decide not to come back to the Earth. I guess maybe that's part of why the race of humans seems so stagnant. And, you know, it doesn't seem like there's been progress. It seems like it has been about keeping generations of humans complacent in this, like, spaceship that's kind of not going anywhere. It's very still in space.
1: Yeah, and they like allude to that or they say it outright when the captain, there's some line about, I'm sure your predecessors would be so proud to see that you're exactly where we were so many years ago or something like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So I like couldn't really sink in and enjoy the robot love story because I was like, why what's going on like how are they in love they're just robot like they have specific (laughs) roles they weren't programmed to learn and why is the spaceship like that and what's going on why is all their food liquid if you could chew it Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. i so
0: first thing i think that because i watched it as a teenager without a lot of the like understanding of the world that Darkens my perception now as an adult. Um, I was able to just kind of look at the surface of this human society in space and not be deeply disturbed by the capitalism and the government and the like human control by machines. Um, but I do have to say, I don't love what the movie is saying about the people on the spaceship,
1: you know? Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like, like, I don't, yeah, I think it, it kind of makes sense if you just accept it as it is and you're like, this is just humanity, a spaceship, complacent screens mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you try to think about it on any other level, then like, it kind of falls apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, it is very simple-minded in the way it portrays, like, oh, well, if humans don't have to walk, then they won't. And that's going to cause every... Yeah, you know, I mean, they explain the fact that humans look different on the spaceship than we are used to by the, like, whole bone density thing. Which is false. Yeah, I mean, it's not that extreme. Um, Even over the course of 700 years, I wouldn't imagine. But... I don't love the idea that, like, humans are naturally lazy, and thus, if we have the opportunity to not do anything, we will take it. Because I found that to be the opposite of true in real life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, humans are naturally curious and want to fuck shit up. Yeah. Like, not all of them. There's lots of, like, going along and following, which we also need in society. But, like, I'm sure there would be teenagers scaling the walls and people <laughs> p- reprogramming their little machines yeah. to do different things and like committing crimes. Like I wasn't even thinking about like delinquency. I was
0: just thinking <laughs> like, I think humans would get bored if, yeah you know, like also the fact that everybody wears the exact same clothes without being like told to, they just do like, so like by social pressure rather than by like, yeah. corporate pressure It's, it's just suggested they're like, try blue. And everyone's like, yeah, blue. Yeah. And then everything's blue all of a sudden. And I'm just like, I mean, yeah, humans want to have some level of individuality and identity that is like defined by opposition to the whole, um, and also, yeah, we need enrichment and we need, like, novelty, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that everybody changing their clothes from red to blue counts as, like, novel enough to actually entertain the human race. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the environmental storytelling in the opening. hmm And how it lays out this history of the 800 or so years between, like, when... Wally and that stuff was invented in, like, the present era. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, I mean, it says 700 years, but I'm giving a little bit of wiggle room.
1: Mm -hmm. I love
0: Pixar's environmental storytelling. I mean, in this specific instance, they definitely do a little bit more of the straightforward tell-you-what-happened-through-the-news and, like, public broadcast than, like, usual. But I really like them showing the progress in which, like, the Earth became an unsuitable environment for humans and what that group of humans reactions to that was. Of course, I don't agree with any of those choices, but it was an interesting premise to look at a story in. Mm -hmm. Like I'm definitely not pro space colonization. Yeah. I'm not either. Yeah. Also like it's 2021. We can't still be using the word colonizing space. as like a positive thing. It's so weird. Right? Like, it is really weird how just flippantly people will say it as if, like, we haven't all learned that colonization
1: is bad. And that, like, we can't... At what point is it easier to create a brand new society and agriculture and life on a Mm -hmm. different planet than it is to fix Earth? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Like... One thousand percent. We should just invest in keeping our perfectly good
1: planet. Earth is awesome. Yeah,
0: no complaints about it. Yeah, rather than trying to build life-sustaining shelter on a wasteland planet that does not have anything that we need to survive. Yeah, and Earth gets ten out of ten. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I also have long not had an interest in space travel like for the for the purposes of like humanity broadening and like our understanding of science yes i'm pro space travel and like exploration to understand the universe. However, personally, I never want to leave this planet. I have no interest in and luckily like I'm never going to have an opportunity. I don't live in a time period where it's very feasible. Right. But I don't like yearn for an intergalactic future in which like you could go planet hopping. That's not me. That's not what I'm interested in. The
1: like vast void of space is terrifying to me. Yeah, I'm so happy to have science fiction for this. Yes. Thank you, science fiction, and I'm
0: gonna stay
1: right here. <laughs> there's so much on Earth to explore. Like yeah. California, there's so much in California. California has so many different biomes or whatever, mm-hmm. landscapes, vistas. Why would you why would you need to go to space when you have the whole Earth to explore? Exactly. It's far more affordable. Yeah. Also, like all of those cool shots and
0: things like Star Wars that look like alien planets. Those are shot on Earth, so yeah. There's they're not alien. When I, like,
1: when I take walks, uh-huh. I like think I should bring my cousins from the Midwest here because all these planets look weird, or all these plants look weird as fuck. Mm-hmm. There's no like grasses; like it's weird stalks with balls and spikes. Yeah, I mean, and that's just Southern California. Oh yeah, yeah. The the
0: vast like. V- vast biodiversity just in our plant matter on this planet is I mean definitely enough to keep humans entertained for a few more millennia I would think yeah you know (sighs) and I do have to say even though I'm not a biologist and I know nothing like scientifically about plants I do love plants like they're cute they just they bring me so much joy so when eve is like plant matter and then just like grabs the plant in the boot and then shoves it into her chest or like cavity i'm just like that is pretty cute i feel you i see a cute plant out in the world and i'm like ooh, i wonder if there's like a little sprig i wonder can i download this plant can i pirate this plant
1: When I watch the time-lapse videos of people's houseplants moving from Mm. morning to evening, I'm like, oh my God, it's alive. Yeah. Like, I know plants are alive, but I'm like, oh my God, that's alive. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. I just, I just got a new succulent this week. Oh, you gave it to me. Oh, I, I facilitated. Yes, because it's from your roommate.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm very excited about my new... My new succulent.
1: That's so good. <laughs> I love plants.
0: So I actually took a bunch of notes on the moments in this movie that I thought were really cute. And that like made my heart, you know, teary, but not my eyes. Just just <laughs> like, you know, little hearts, not little teardrops in my notes. I mean, I have a few okay. teardrops
1: too. Tell me about them.
0: The, the music that Wally listens to in their little shipping container or on their little cassette tape is from the musical Hello Dolly mm-hmm. and I thought that was super cute. I love Wally's little pet cockroach because of course there has to be an animal sidekick even in a movie about robots. It's the law. It's the law indeed. And then like I think what I think something I I'm really drawn to in this movie is the last of their kind trope which like as a former Doctor Who fan, I'm just a sucker for like the last of their kind. It's so lonely and heartbreaking to think about, mm-hmm. and I like the trope in storytelling. It, it's beautiful, and usually I, I'm just a sucker for it. Or the way Wally will sing to themselves. They they mimic the Hello Dolly song, and and then and then when Wally rocks the little shelf that they
1: like sleep on, Mm -hmm. come on. Is that not just like so adorable? That was pretty cute. It was like one of those things where I was like, that's really cute, that's adorable. Why would a robot rock itself to sleep?
0: It doesn't make any sense, but it's adorable and it's like touching and it makes us empathize with an anthropomorphic character, Mm -hmm. you know? I actually did get choked up and a little teary when Wally turned on the Hello Dolly song to cherish the like hand holding moment. Mm-hmm. The hand holding.
1: That was cute. And how they clasp
0: their own little, little, little gripper hands together.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And oh, another moment that was very. Um, that wouldn't make any sense, but I still loved it was the way that Wally like shivers with what would seem like fear when mm-hmm. the rocket lands. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously it doesn't make sense, but it's adorable and it makes them seem really human. And then I was heartbroken when Wally like has a disappointed sigh after Eve just kind of shrugs at Wally's sculpture Wally stays up all night and builds a sculpture in front of Eve and then Eve looks at it and shrugs and walks away
1: and Wally's just devastated. (laughs) They are very different robots. They are. And I think that's part of what people like. Yeah, even Eve hasn't Eve is a newer, well, I don't know. I mean, I would assume. It's kind of implied that Wally has been doing this for 700 years and Eve hasn't Mm-hmm. had the same amount of interaction with the stuff. Like Eva's just mm-hmm. scanning for plants and anything that's not a plant gets disregarded. Yeah. And Wally is like really in it and like scooping the stuff up close yes. to him. Yeah, So he's interacted with the items and mm-hmm. Eva's like, I don't care about it. I'm programmed to not care about anything except for mm-hmm. a plant.
0: I think part of what makes Wally very unique too is that they aren't... I imagine like any other Wally e robot. All of the other Wally e robots have stopped and there's like no evidence of any other WALL-E robot having a shelter. Whereas this one seems intelligent beyond a WALL-E's programming, you know? It doesn't just actually look at the trash and like assign value to it, which is an intelligence that I would imagine is far beyond most wall robot capabilities. Mm-hmm. But I think that that also lends to why Wally e has had such longevity is because th- this specific WALL-E is intelligent beyond not only being able to assign an emotional value to garbage that no other robot could really look at and care about, but also like, the intelligence to know how to repair itself. Mm-hmm. I was, re- I love that Wally keeps extra parts or like steals, steals shoes off of another dead Wally.
1: Yeah. He just harvests their bodies for organs, but I mean, but it's, it's a fine. robot. Well, so it's yeah. Not- what else is he supposed to do? They're not using it anymore.
0: Yeah. And also I, yeah. Instead of thinking of it necessarily as organs, I think of it as like clothing. You know,
1: shoes, not feet. That's true because the the life is in the chip. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the chip will live on in any... I mean, well, now I'm thinking about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a robot. It's not a person. I
0: didn't realize how much Wally and Eve actually, like, talk. For some reason, I remembered the movie being much less verbal, But I actually genuinely teared up when Wally called
1: themselves pathetic Mm -hmm. after they rehearsed how to ask to hold Eve's hand. It was, like, the one word that really stuck out to me. The rest of the time, Wally just says Eve, pretty much. Yeah,
0: for the most part. They
1: don't, like, say a lot of words. Yeah. Just Eve and pathetic. Oof. (laughs)
0: And right before that, they, they showed how how well Wally took care of Eve when Eve was
1: in that dormant stage. I, it seemed to me like mm-hmm. Wally was going on dates with <laughs> Eve's unconscious corpse. That is certainly a reading. But I, lo- <laughs> I like your interpretation better. It's way cuter. Yeah, I get that reading. I saw a
0: glimmer of it, but I also understood that that's probably
1: like not what they were trying to do um yeah that would be a really fucky thing for Pixar to decide to put in a movie
0: yeah it is definitely
1: one of those less conscious things um it's it's a choice that my brain made and I think it was the wrong choice I don't think it's the wrong choice because like I said I also could see that reading in
0: there that like Wally does the tagging along and following and then like spending time with unconscious
1: pretty girl Eve.
0: Like it doesn't it doesn't look great.
1: You know? No. But it's a lot cuter when it's Wally taking care of Eve. Yeah. When Wally's making sure that Eve isn't alone, when they're making sure that Eve is like not going to get injured or kidnapped back by the spaceship
0: yeah or blown away in the sandstorm yeah yeah i'm also a huge sucker for the moment where they have the computer defining the word dancing Mm -hmm. while eve and wally are outside of the spaceship kind of doing their version of dancing in space yeah
1: that was cute
0: that was so cute that was very adorable
1: Okay, this is the degree to which my brain was, like, criticizing. The computer, the The dictionary definition said, two people. And I was like, a person could dance alone? People dance in groups? Well, you are not wrong. I think you're missing the point. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, really just, I was really, really not. Um, yes, I was really missing the point there. I'm sorry. I mean, like, I saw the point and I was like, no, I'm doing this instead. I'm going to look at a different point. <laughs> I'm going to make my own point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm broken. You're not. You're not. <laughs> so, did you cry? Did Wait, did
0: we hit all of your... So I have two more teardrop notes. Um, They're just pretty much the end, the climax of the movie. When Wally gets like crushed and beaten by some of the other machinery, it's not really like a sentient type of robot the way that some of the other robots are illustrated to be, but just like the sagging when he was beaten and how he was like limping on his wheels. And it just made me tear up a little bit. And then at the very end, when Eve clasps Wally's hand after they think that Wally's memories are all gone. Mm-hmm. And they, like, did everything they could to save Wally. And they do. They save Wally's physical form, but it seems like Wally has
1: lost all of their memories. That made me tear up. That was pretty cute. That moment I was like, all right, okay. This is cool. Yeah. Pixar.
0: Yeah. So... I didn't actually have tears running down my face at all, but I did tear up a few times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. At that point? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the like, last 20 minutes or so, I teared up a couple times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The stakes.
1: I liked the part when all the babies slid <laughs> and the, the new couple mm-hmm. caught them. Mm-hmm like that was get ready so to have goofy. some kids yeah it was pretty i i liked that it was mm-hmm. goofy and i was like all right we could do that this is yeah. stu- this is stupid i like it yeah we're here for a dumb time you got me
0: <laughs> yeah and then just before we wrap up i just like i liked the little extra robots like mo
1: yeah the the prison break scene when all of the robots are in like the repair ward uh-huh, and then Wally and Eve sort of inadvertently set them free, and then those robots help Wally and Eve evade the cops, yeah, the cop bots that made me think that maybe all of the robots have the potential for sentience or learning or whatever, yeah, and that kind of made me. It, it helped me believe Wally and Eve mm-hmm. were sentient or had learned or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that, like, helped. Yeah. And I liked the teamwork and also the, the fuck the police thing. That was pretty cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I did like that. Yeah. I want one of those makeover robots.
0: <laughs> the ones that just, like, sp- about platitudes at you, like, yes, yeah, you go, girl, girl. Ugh, men, <laughs> I totally feel you.
1: Yeah, I thought that was like so good. That was funny. It was funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, they just say stuff, they just, yep, interject. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay, I think I've talked about everything I want to talk about.
0: Alrighty. Well, if you're ready to do ratings, Kimia, would you like to refresh the listeners on our rating scale?
1: I would. One teardrop is bone dry. Two teardrops, I could see myself crying, but I didn't. Three teardrops, it got me a little. Four teardrops, I cried. And five teardrops is full sobbing. Maybelle, what do you rate Wally?
0: Um, so I'm looking at my notes and initially I did rate this at a 2.8, but I'm going to bring it up to a full three because it did make me tear up. Like I teared up at multiple points and even though no tears fully left my eyes, um, I also think that in a more sensitive emotional state, I might actually like cry to this movie, but yeah, again, it it is one where I'm I'm not thinking that hard about the world. I'm just trying to enjoy these two little robots that are that are saving humanity and falling in love. It...
1: <laughs> That's good. What's your rating? It's a one. Yeah. I didn't cry. Yeah. I don't think I would ever cry. Uh-huh. Maybe if I was pregnant or something. <laughs> like some real big hack of the brain. Yeah, maybe. Maybe.
0: And that's okay. Yeah. Alrighty, so we should probably take a break before we close out the show. Let's do it. This week's episode of Tear Jerkers is brought to you by the life-changing magic of holding hands. It is true.
1: Holding hands. It releases like oxytocin or whatever. Yeah. It does stuff in your brain. It gives your brain oxy oxytocin yeah it, it's not a drug it's a brain chemical it's good for you arguably brain chemicals are drugs <laughs> I guess okay when did you stop holding hands with your parents oh my gosh I can't remember I remember being like 12 or like in middle school and I was holding my mom's hand in the parking lot or walking somewhere and she was like, why do you still do this? And I was like, because I love you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like, oh, like I'm not like too old. And like now when we're walking together, I like hold her arm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I'm more likely to hold my parents' arms.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I have no recollection of when the last time I held my parents' hands. Huh. I was actually thinking about like, the excitement of, like, hand-holding when you're in, like... Romantic hand Yeah. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. And it's, like, very exciting and also incredibly PG. Yeah. You know? It's intimate. It is. I mean, even, like, through childhood and into adulthood, I've, like, held hands with my close girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I remember in high school, like, holding hands with my friends. Oh, yeah, me too. And... That was, like, completely non-romantic. Um, and I love it. I miss holding my friend's hands. I miss
1: <laughs> my friends. Me um. too. A, a really nice gesture of friendship. It is. And
0: I don't know if you remembered this, but when we were in youth group, like, towards the end of high school, I think some people, I think some of us were playing, like, Never Have I Ever or something. Mm-hmm. And someone was someone was trying to get everyone's hands to go fingers to go down and they were like never have i ever held hands with Maybell," and everyone except one person had to put down a finger because i liked holding hands <laughs> that's so cute
1: that's adorable <laughs>
0: holding hands is good i i'm not gonna lie i felt slightly slut shamed at that moment <laughs> but
1: um this episode of Tear Jerkers is brought to you by feeling slut shamed over holding hands. Oh God, I'm sure that's actually happened though. Oh my gosh, no! Like some poor evangelical Christian child oh. has been, like, deeply scolded for making hand contact. The tragedy. I mean, God, we could talk
0: about the waltz. Like, when the waltz was invented, it was incredibly scandalous that like ladies and gentlemen were touching hands while dancing.
1: And they were unmarried, so the the Pride and Prejudice scene. Ooh, the hands, <laughs> the, hands. the hands. It and... is like that scene is like weirdly erotic. Like I don't even know if I've seen the whole movie, but I've seen like the gifts. Mhm. He's really into her. You can tell because he clenches his hand. The it's hands. Like so restrained. But yeah, I love um, I love hand holding. It is like intimate and mm-hmm. sweet, and you're. Hands that you use for everything are occupied when you do it. Mm -hmm. Like you give up a whole hand to a person and that's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Eris, (laughs) put your paw under the door. (laughs) I like to hold her paw. She doesn't like it, but I like
0: it. I also like to hold my cat's paw. She also does not like it.
1: (laughs) Like, not at all. No.
0: But she stopped pulling her hand away, her paw away.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: She now just lets me hold it.
1: That's really sweet. Yeah. Okay, I think we can move on.
0: Okay, let's bring it back to the
1: show. Okay. It's time for our closing segment. What made you cry this week? And I'm really excited because I cried this week. Oh, okay. What made you cry this week, Kimia? Okay, there's a podcast called The Moth. Mm -hmm. The Moth was started in some guy's living room. He wanted to gather his friends together and tell stories. And then it eventually grew and moved from his living room to, like, venues. Mm. And then um, now NPR has The Moth Radio Hour and it has a podcast. And there's two stories that they play that just like really get me. And I had to listen to them both a couple times before the emotional gravity hit me. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them is Mary Claire King, uh, the moth titles at who can you trust? And the other one is by Jade coffin, which like what a rad name. Yeah. What an incredibly cool name. (laughs) It's called Poppins's coffin. Mm -hmm. Um, Mary Claire King's story is about this horrible roller coaster of a week. Everything in the story happens between Sunday night and like Thursday or Friday. And the terrible, horrible, shitty things that happened to her in that week lead up to an interview that has absolutely incredible impact on humans. Mm-hmm. And it's so. Like every now every time I listen to it, I and she says that last sentence, you can hear her voice break, and I'm like, oh I just start crying. It really gets me. And then the other one is about a cat and the man who loves her reluctantly. I I love I love that. He never says that he loves her, but he's absolutely devoted to her. Yes. And if you listen to it, pay special attention to the boxes. Mm-hmm. in that story because it makes the his last line all make sense mm-hmm. i like the first time i listened to it i'm just chilling at work in yeah. my car whatever um and then it it all came together for me i was like oh my
0: god i'm gonna cry okay it's definitely that stereotype of the like tough dad who's like you can't have a pet you can't keep that cat <laughs> We're a no-cat household, and then flash forward, like, three months, and, like, the cat is his best friend, and he can't imagine not having a cat.
1: Yeah, this is my cat.
0: Yeah, way more devoted to the cat than anyone else in the household. My (laughs) favorite, favorite, like, is it a trope if it's real life? Because every time I've heard of it, it's, like, actually real, and I don't know if I could call it a trope as much as a stereotype, but
1: it is a good one. It's really good. It's very cute. So... That's what made me cry this week. I was at work and um, I was listening to The Moth. And so they'll they'll take the stories and they'll combine them into a podcast episode. Mm-hmm. So you might hear one you've heard before if you listen religiously. Mm-hmm. So they just happened to include Mary, Claire's, Mary Claire King's story in the episode I was listening to, which made me remember that I had heard it before and that I loved it and that I've listened to it a million times. And then it made me remember the Poppins' Coffin episode, and I listened to that one, and then I was just cheering up at work and, like, sniffling. And that's what made me cry this week. That's great. We'll include the links to both of these stories in the show notes. Maybell, what made you cry this week?
0: So this weekend, I was sleeping in, and I, like, woke up, you know, like, in the mid-morning, and then I went back to bed, as you do. And my second round of sleep, I was, like... Having a lot of vivid dreams, but I don't know if this ever happens to you, but um, sometimes I will have dreams about like waking up and getting ready for the day and going out for like leaving the day. And usually they happen like when I'm in like high anticipation of some sort of important event. So like mm-hmm. out of anxiety, my brain will start rehearsing my morning. Mm hmm. Which, like, you would think would be really cool, but it's actually just really confusing. So I had something like that, except it wasn't quite that. It was just, like, I had a bunch of dreams that all took place in my apartment. Specifically, like, somewhere between, like, my bedroom and, like, the kitchen, that half of my apartment. Mm-hmm. And... One of the first dreams I had was that you came over to hang out with my roommate and we didn't have to wear masks and I could give you a hug. And I was so happy because I haven't gotten to like really see you in a few months now. I know. I miss you so much. That's so sweet. I mean, like I I see you very briefly, like when you give me plants and I give you books and yeah, so it made me really happy to get to see you in person in my dream that's
1: so sweet
0: and a lot of the rest of the morning was very confusing because i was just like cutting in and out of dreaming about doing things in my apartment and being in bed so i couldn't really tell when i was awake and when i wasn't awake Mm -hmm. um so was just one of those one of those things you know
1: yeah yeah i miss you that's really sweet i miss you too We should hug. We should hold hands. We
0: should hold hands. I mean, I don't think you can pass COVID by hand holding if we both sanitize our hands before and after. But Mm -hmm. there's like everything else. It's the hand holding is not the problem. It's the vicinity to be able to hold hands.
1: Yeah. Cases have been going down. And my anxiety has also been going down. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. That's a lovely dream. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think that's all, folks. Did you like Wally? What gender do you think those funky little dudes are? Tell us on Twitter at TearJerkers underscore pod. They're both boys.
1: (laughs) And join the conversation with other listeners on Facebook at TearJerkers Community. And if you want to send us a voice memo with your movie nomination and why that film made you cry, you can send that to TearJerkers.Podcast at gmail.com.
0: If you can, please give us a five star review on whatever you use to listen to us so we can reach more
1: ears. And don't forget
0: to subscribe or favorite so you can be sure to catch the next
1: episode. And as always, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell someone you know who loves growing plants about Tearderkers.
0: Or if you know anyone who programs non-binary robots, tell them to listen to us. Tearderkers is produced by me, Mabel Shimizu, and co-hosted by me and Kimia Ranchbaron. Thank you to Oliver for our show art. If you're interested in contacting him about commissioning artwork, you can do so by emailing beastcoastarts at gmail.com.
1: And another thank you to the wizard behind our intro music and the editing hero of this podcast, Gage Pryor. You can find more of his tunes at soundcloud.com slash Lincoln, please. Thanks for listening. Don't abandon the earth because she needs you to fix her.